0: How's it going Yankee fans, welcome back to Fireside Yankees with the boys, Alex and Ryan. Today we're discussing the Yankees running into some financial troubles right now in terms of the fourth luxury tax threshold, otherwise known as the Steve Cohen tax, above 293 million. The Yankees are quickly approaching that; they're literally two or three million dollars below it. And the reason that we've just found out from Brent, from Brendan Cuddy of the Athletic, that they can't sign Jerickson Profar is because he's asking for too much. And realistically, you know, too much is only like 4 million for the Yankees right now because they don't want to go over that threshold, so a lot kind of is predicated on offloading some big contracts on this roster. Now, there have been a couple reports that have already come out in the last couple days um, once again, confirming that they've been trying and are still trying to offload Josh Donaldson in his $21 million salary. Now, getting rid of that entire salary is probably not possible, but maybe offloading a couple um, of million would give them a little bit of uh, flexibility in terms of signing a guy like Profar. So we're going to kind of talk about the financial implications of that, um, the current state of this Yankee team um, in terms of the luxury tax threshold, where they sit, a couple more players they have to pay, and expected uh, contracts. Um, and kind of how that's going to impact them the rest of the way until spring training and beyond. But, Ryan, before we dive into it, how do you do today, my friend?
1: I'm doing great. You know, looking at the Yankees' financial situation, as you mentioned, it's not something where, like, the Yankees – it, I mentioned this in a previous episode when we're talking about left-handed reliever. It's not like the Yankees are like, oh man, seven million dollars. You know that's a lot of money for Jerks and profar, or something like that. It's more so, okay. You know we're we're talking about the Steve Cohen tax here, that threshold. We weren't gonna go over it for like a Trey Turner or, or we, weren't, we weren't gonna go over it for Carlos Correa or Sander Bogart or any of those guys or Brandon Nimbo. Like why why are we going over it for Jerks and Profar? Right, like that. It, it's one of those things where it just would make such little sense. You know, like. You, you probably could, if, if that threshold really didn't matter to you, what is the extra, you know, Brandon, I think is making uh, $22, $23 million. If Profar gets 8 to $9 million, what's that extra, you know, $14 million to you if you're breaking that threshold already. Uh, but if you're not going to break the threshold, that's a hard cap for you, right? And then on top of that, you know, you would like to make trade acquisitions at the deadline where you're not pushing yourself over that luxury tax. Again, you know, it's not even a matter of, you know, go, you know don't let a, a luxury tax stop you from getting a star player. But if the Yankees want to acquire, like, I, I don't know, if they want to acquire, lever, right? Let's say Andrew Chafin signs for on a one-year deal and becomes available on the free agent market, uh, not the free agent market, but on the trade market. And he's got an $8 million salary are you going to go over the luxury tax threshold for Andrew Chafin, right? That just seems silly. Uh, It seems like one of those things where it's like, well, why didn't you do it for other star players? So um, it's definitely a situation where, again, the first guy I kind of think of moving is IKF. Again, um, you know, look at Josh Johnson, Aaron Hicks, and IKF. IKF has paid the least amount of money out of all of them. It's a one-year commitment. And I still think he's an above-average player. Like, maybe not above-average, but like— A solid major league player, which is good enough for a lot of teams at shortstop. It was good enough for the Yankees for a year at shortstop. Quite frankly, um, I I think that uh, the defense for IKF kind of sits somewhere in between outs above average and the errors and then what DRS says. I don't think he's like the elite defender DRS says he is. I don't think he's the awful defender OAA says he is. Um, and quite frankly, I, I can tell you that the Yankees' defensive model uh, really liked IKF, and I, I can tell you that it's not just the Yankees that there were other teams that uh, viewed IKF as a, a plus defender at shortstop. And, not, and we're not talking about, like the Colorado Rockies, like that's not really a team you're like they agree with us. We're smart. Like it, it, there are some smart teams involved in there that that really liked IKF's defense at shortstop. So um, you know, it, it's one of those things where you're, you're looking at a player who's definitely going to have like there's a team that's going to be willing to even if it's just some random like. You know, non-top thirty, uh, you know, relief. But look, look what Lucas Litke got. And, and no offense to Lucas Litke, but that's a thirty-six-year-old reliever. You know what I mean? With about two or three years of control, uh, but but definitely not on the you know right side of thirty, right? Where IKF is probably going to inherently provide you more WAR next year. Um, you know, and, and you got a couple of top thirty guys from the Brave system. You get like the thirty-second guy in like uh, the Colorado Rocky system, and you're just, you're happy with it. You're just trying to get rid of the money. Um, you know, Aaron Hicks, I think, is the second most likely guy that you could move just because I think $33 million of guaranteed money for 2023 is just a lot for any team to take on for a Josh Donaldson trade. Because it's not just the $25 million this year, it's the $8 million buyout, right? And even if your team, let's say the Royals, you're like, you know, we'll take on Donaldson and we'll try to flip him at the deadline, right? You know, how much of that money do the Yankees need to eat to make the Royals say, yeah, we're cool with this, right? Because are they going to pay? I mean, even if you think you're going to get something, get a good year out of Donaldson, right? And then you get you trade him at the deadline, you get like a top, you know, twenty. 15 prospects right somewhere in that range at 15 to 20 range would you pay 14 million dollars for the 15th four, 15, four, 15 best prospect in someone else's system probably not right that's not where that player's, uh, uh you know values that so it's one of those things where just jo- josh Donald, it's just a tough contract to trade aaron hicks i think you can you can kind of bite that bullet a little bit more you know i think you can get a team to say you know again seven million dollars a year for three years uh, uh, of aaron hicks i'll take it you know what i mean no shift uh you know good defender in the corner outfield good base runner um uh, you know worst case scenario he's kind of what he was last year which was a league average player um, you know best case scenario you're getting like a 100 105 WRC plus hitter with great defense and great base running that's going to be pushing close to a three war over a full year so uh, I think there are more teams inclined to take Aaron Hicks than Josh Donaldson just because of that it, that that price tag man it's just that's just a huge luxury tax hit um, but if you can even just move IKF right you have room to bring in a, a, maybe a Max Kepler or a Jerkson Profar uh, and stay well under that uh, threshold but I, I just don't see the Yankees pushing the threshold for jerks and profar.
0: Yeah, and look, the reality is that the Yankees don't have a lot of money to spend. Their projected payroll's at $291 million. They have like a $2 million cushion, which is why they're pinching pennies with Glaber Torres in arbitration right now. Um, they're going to a hearing. I think labor wanted, what, 10.2, and they offered like 9.5 or something like that. So, you know, you're looking at a couple hundred K, which is like usually insignificant, but right now it could be the difference between signing a player and not signing a player for the Yankees. So they're trying to get every last penny um, to save. And, and ultimately, you know, you kind of name the three Primary guys here that will be available, and they and they have been trying to move in terms of Donaldson and Hicks. Hicks seems to have more value than Donaldson for obvious reasons. You know, the baggage, the price tag, the fact that, you know, he can at least there is some promise there. Donaldson, you know, he could return to his offensive, you know, maybe hit for average next year. Last season, it was not, not good. He was a gold glove defensive third baseman, but he can only play third base. It's not like you can move him to shortstop, you can move him to second base. And right now, and, and the interesting conversation to have, and I think we've had this one already, is like Like, if you had to choose between IKF and Donaldson to stay on this roster, I mean, I'm going IKF every single day of the week without hesitation, and for a number of reasons. One, IKF can play shortstop and third base. Two, he costs about a fifth of what Donaldson counts. Um, And three, he doesn't have all the uh, baggage and the racist bullshit we went through last year. That's not the Yankee way. We do not you know condone that stuff and it it seems like they kind of brushed it aside and it hasn't been an issue um but it did happen and it's something that you know we had to kind of experience and i prefer not to go through that again whatever he was saying to tim anderson of the white Sox, you know i don't this is not something that we're used to this is not something that we accept and you know it's hard i I wasn't there i'm not tim anderson i don't know what he said all we know is what he told us um, and I, I think, you know, avoiding any of that kind of confrontation is ideal for this Yankee team, especially one that prides itself on discipline and doing things the right and correct way. So it's not a surprise they've been mo- trying to move Donaldson for months now. That deal last year look- seemingly is awful. It's one of those deals that we're going to look back on and say this is one of the worst moves Cashman's ever made. But if I had to choose between the two, I'm getting rid of Donaldson over IKF every single day of the week, and I'm and doing it twice on Sunday. So, you know, right now... Um, as you kind of mentioned, you know, the Yankees, if they want to go after an Andrew Schaaf, if they want to go after a pro-far, they are being held back by the financial situation they're currently in. Um, now, a lot of these things are going to unfold naturally because of the position battles that are impending. And I think the market has slowed down to a rate that's – there's no news. Like, we haven't heard anything. Like, we're kind of re- regurgitating the same concepts over and over again because – There's just been nothing going on. They're giving us nothing to work off of. You know, it's the dead of the baseball season. This is or the offseason, rather. This is kind of what it comes down to, but we're still here grinding it out for you guys because we know this stuff is important and it could have implications down the road. Um, But, you know, Ryan, when you're looking at this roster and the need for maybe a left fielder or a competitor you know is it worthwhile to even awful well, like how much better is Profar going to be than hicks you know what i mean i imagine hicks will get a little bit better this upcoming year like he'll he'll be decent in left field um he'll hit a little bit more you know for power and i think he'll do a little bit better how much better is Profar gonna be where it makes it worth it to you know get rid of Hicks's contract and then bring in Profar on probably a similar deal? He's gonna want ten plus million over multiple years if I'm not if I if I'm unless I'm crazy because like you look at the market, look at what Michael Conforto got, look what all these left fielders are getting. Um, you know, is coming off a three-year, twenty-one million dollar deal, so it's nothing like insane, but. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's just trying to get as much as he possibly can and go for the moon and the stars because he's the best left field option. Right now, he has all the leverage. How much better do you think he is than Hicks where it's like, okay, like, do we really want to lock ourselves up on a new multi-year deal? Because I don't think he's going to just go for a one-year contract.
1: Yeah, so when we're looking at just wins above replacement last year, and obviously wins above replacement isn't perfect, but uh, if we put it on a per-rate basis, so I put it per 600-plate appearances to kind of uh, uh, equalize or kind of normalize, uh, you know, their their volume, right? Aaron Hicks had a 1.98 wins above replacement uh, over 600-plate appearances. Jerks and profile was 2.27. That's kind of within that margin of, you know— that's up for discretion. Like who was the better player on a parade basis? Uh, I'd still kind of side with Profar, but as you mentioned, I don't think the gap is massive enough to sit back and say, number one, let's trade a prospect and then move Aaron Hicks. Uh, number two, let's sign Profar and push ourselves right kind of back where we were at the luxury tax, which is, you know, so close that you, you have to, you can't really do anything at the deadline unless you move more contracts. Um, you know, again, if I'm, I'm still going to say, sit here and say, I want Max Kepler the most, just because I, I think the contract if you look at, you know, what you're going to trade for, uh, monetarily, you could probably, uh, give the twins a major league player, uh, and, and, you know, you can get some of that salary, uh, that salary cap hit to go down a little bit. Um, And I think the upside's a little bit higher there. You know, Profar, I think, is a good player. I think Profar would be a nice addition to this team. And most importantly, it it keeps as well the Cabrera in a utility role. Um, But I don't think it's worth... Like, I wouldn't... Like, how do I put this? I wouldn't trade the Yankees, like, 15th best prospect, then sign Profar... To get rid of Hicks and have Profar on the team. Like, I I think the 15th best prospect plus, you know, $10 million, let's say a year, which pushes you right back over, you know, that that right actually might push you over the luxury tax threshold. Um, I just don't think that's my, eval- like, that's not where my value's at with Profar. Like, it, it, would you, would, the, the question I want to present Yankee fans is, if Jerickson Profar was available uh, at the deadline, right, you know, and, and you could, you know, and, and he was available for trade, right, you know, when we're looking at the Yankees farm system, we're looking at, you know, uh, a lot of things that goes into ranking these prospects, are, are you giving up, you know, one of the guys, maybe the Yankees just recently drafted, that would probably be someone uh, within that uh, quote-unquote uh, 15th best prospect range. I mean, I don't even know if the 15th best prospect is enough to get aaron hicks completely off the books and it's not just a matter of getting seven million dollars at that point you want to get it all off the books if you're getting pro far because then you're you're going to go over the luxury tax uh threshold again and, and that's not something that the yankees can do at, at, at all uh so if we're looking at fan graphs at least their 15th best prospect is what was steven ridings coming into the year so he's no longer part of the organization it would be uh randy vasquez or uh luis Heal or clayton beater you know like for example, Spencer Jones at this point in time, or at least on Fangraphs before they've updated it, is the 11th best prospect. Are you trading Spencer Jones to get rid of Aaron Hicks and bring in Profar? No, right? Maybe, and I imagine the evaluation's higher. You know, let's let's even say Trey Sweeney. No, I wouldn't even trade, Clay- I, honestly, I would not trade Clayton Beater with Aaron Hicks to just have Jerks and Profar on the team. I feel like that's not uh, where my evaluation of Profar is at. So, you know, if you figure out a way to roster both, Profar and Hicks, you know, and it doesn't have crazy salary tax implications, again, that's moving IKF, I imagine, um, then I'm all for it. But if I have to go either one, go over the luxury tax to trade a, a, a pretty good prospect or, or or be, you know, both, I'm not doing that, right? Like I'm not going over the luxury tax to Profar and I'm not trading a top prospect or a pretty good prospect I think can be a solid major leaguer alongside Aaron Hicks to bring in Profar. I feel like that's just bad use of assets. Uh, and at that point, if you're going to trade a good prospect, go get Max Kepler.
0: Yeah, look, trading prospects to offload money is probably the dumbest thing you could possibly do. Um, I, I, I 100% agree. Doing that is literally the exact opposite of what good teams and management does. Like, we understand that Hicks is making a couple bucks, you know, $10 million. It's not the end of the world. Um, but giving away some of your top prospects to get rid of those contracts is like, just eat the money, it's, it's one, I mean, for Donaldson, it's one year, you know, sending a prospect on the way, especially one as valuable as a Spencer Jones, whatever it might be, could not be a dumber thing to do, um, just so we can make that clear, when it comes to a guy like Aaron Hicks, you're not, there's, there. I mean, look, he can serve a valuable role as a depth piece, I, in a perfect world, the Yankees get their starter in oswaldo Cabrera, unless they want him in a super utility role or you know hicks rises to the occasion and becomes a good left fielder or they just sign someone and spend the money and manage to you know clear money elsewhere you know there are ways they can do that but you know this is a scenario where they're kind of in a weird of a a little bit of a log jam a little bit of a jam in in regard to how they get some of this money off the books the strategy it's going to take and can they use that money to reallocate elsewhere in terms of upgrading the left field position but like The difference between Profar and Hicks is not, like, significant, in my opinion. Profar's, his war is supposed to drop from, what, 2.5 to 1.2. You know, this isn't a player that, like, they're projecting to get better next season. You know, this is a player who's supposed to take a step back. So, you know, I'm I'm a bit concerned that he's kind of fool's gold. In the sense that, like, we're we're really ex- we're all talking about it because it's the best option. But he's not that good of an option. You know, we have to remember that, like, he's he was like our seventh. That we weren't even he wasn't even in the freaking conversation two months ago. You know what I mean? Like, this is a guy who just popped up because he's the only one left on free agency. We had been talking about Conforto, Michael Brantley, Andrew Benintendi. Those are the guys that we actually wanted. You know what I mean? This is a guy that was just left over. This is the crumbs. Um, and the cake is already gone. So, are we really gonna? Like change our entire strategy to to go for crumbs and a guy that may not really make that much of an impact or a difference, um, especially someone who's never played in New York, if he struggles, can he take the criticism that fans berate players with? You know what I mean? Is Profar used to that? Absolutely not. Can he handle that type of psychological distress? Who knows? A lot of players can't. Um, but again, you know this is a player who who is a switch hitting you know left fielder that can launch twenty plus homers in Yankee Stadium. So there is value to be had. But like Hicks can do that too. He just had a really bad year. Um, I, And and you know Cashman seems to promote him on a daily basis at this point. So I don't know. Profar just to me doesn't move the needle enough to to risk it all and to you know trade and and, and make risky plays and risky moves and whatever it might be. It's just he's not like that good that I'm willing to do all of that stuff you know what I mean what do you think about that are you willing to the, kind of take that risk for a player who may really not move the needle much yeah so the way I see it is like again I think Profar would be an addition to this team that would make them better but
1: as you mentioned there's a lot of things that you know it's just the monetary situation if the Yankees were at 270 at the threshold 275 you know so they're already over that 273 that's not an issue for them you know we're sitting back and saying cool just sign jerks and Profar give them 10 million dollars who cares you know like it, it doesn't mean anything but there are tasks there are Salary tax implications. There are, you know, absolutely 100 having to move someone. You have to do that before, then af- rather than after, because the Yankees are going to want to have the space for Profar financially before they sign Profar. They don't want to sign Profar and then lose all leverage in a deal, uh, because if the, if teams know IKF needs to get traded or else the Yankees are going to have to pay a luxury tax they don't want to pay, um, then well, uh, you know, no team's going to be like, oh, we'll give you something for him. They'll be like, you trade him to us, or you're going to be screwed. So you don't have a choice, right? Um, so. So, oh, I, I think the Yankees kind of view it that way too. I think that's kind of the, the quote unquote log jam here uh, with the Yankees' uh, left field situation where they're not really doing anything right now because, quite frankly, there's nothing to do until they've cleared out that space. Until so IKF is dealt, until they figure out a way to do, uh, you know, IKF's dealt, I think that would clear enough money. But uh, until that happens, they're they're not going to be doing anything and that's not because they're not trying to be active or they think the team's complete but because they, they they're not going to go over that luxury tax that that's not what Brian Cashman does not have the go to do that
0: and if he did it would be for again one of the best players in the free agent market and all those guys are already gone Absolutely. But guys, I'd love to hear perspectives below on the financial situation of the Yankees. Like, you know, what would you be willing to do to get rid of some of these bigger contracts? Do you think Profar moves the needle enough and it's actually worthwhile taking kind of a risk here? Um, At the end of the day, it seems like they are trying to move some deals. You know, Hicks and Donaldson is a priority here to get off the books because he does not have a role on this team unless it's a depth piece. And $21 million to be a depth piece is just simply like some would say it's malpractice. Um, You know, DJ LeMay, he was going to be that starting third baseman if, if, you know, they maintain everybody else. IKF, uh, Peraza, Volpe, that is one of those three guys are going to be your shortstop in second base. It's going to be Cleber Torres' job unless they have a deal come across their desk that's too good to pass down, um, to pass on, you know, and and ultimately Cleber Torres could end up being moved by the deadline, but I just don't think that we're going to see that happen anytime soon. It's going to be much later if he's, you know, if the Yankees feel he's expendable and Volpe is coming along really nicely and, you know, they can put him at second base, there's a lot of things that have to happen before Gleyber Torres is, you know, we're sitting here like we should trade him. But for now, he's a guy we want to keep. And DJ Lemayhu should be playing over Josh Donaldson, making him the odd man now in this scenario. So, guys, always happy to hear perspectives below. Make sure to like and subscribe, as always. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.